All right, we're live. Welcome back for episode two of The Real Big Three. That's the name I came up with. What do you think, Josh? Not bad. I mean, we're only two right now. We're only two right now. We don't have a third currently. Um, so the, re- the real big two. So the name is a, the name is a work in progress. Um, what so it's, was it? You saying something? What a day yesterday. Big day. Big day for a lot of reasons. Um, I guess we could talk about Denver-Portland first. Quite a game. I mean, this game must have given me about three heart attacks in a span of an hour. I've got about 30, par- uh, I got 30 family members coming over for Mother's Day. I'm sitting in the front of the couch. I grab my burger. Everyone goes to the dining room. I'm sitting there shaking. Everyone's like, what, what's wrong with him? I got to explain to them. I've got, I'm invested in Portland. A lot of explanation happening for having heart attacks over a team from Portland. 42 to 1 odds. I got, got to explain the whole thing, but unbelievable basketball game. Great game. Denver was up by 17, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. In the second quarter, I think. I don't think, I don't think it was late in the third, right? Second quarter? No, second quarter. Got it down um, to nine and a half. Who brought them back? I, I guess it was CJ McCollum mostly. It was a combination of McCollum and more of a deterioration, deterioration of Denver. Yeah. Um, Terry Stotts continued to go to Alfred Aminu and Mo Harkless at the start of this game, which had me going absolutely insane because they were getting picked apart all series. And as soon as he went to his bench, that's when the series started to turn. Their defense got significantly better, and it wasn't some sort of offensive explosion. It was just chipping away at that lead. Zach Collins providing great minutes again. Rodney Hood, MVP. Um, and this is all when Aminu and Harkless were on the bench. I think Aminu ended up with like only seven minutes. Um, as soon, so as soon as he went to the bench, Evan Turner, uh, they were slowly able to chip away at it. Um, yeah, that was a very big adjustment. Huge adjustment and kind of saved, kind of saved their season. Zach Collins, Zenas Cantor, Rodney Hood. Uh, and they've got depth. They've got depth moving forward. You look at Golden State. They've got nobody on the bench, and this is a deep team. In especially years, with Durant out. Especially with Durant out. They've got nobody. Um, Who's confirmed out for the first game, by the way. Questionable for the second game. We'll so. see, according to Ramona Shelburne. Is she trustworthy? Solidly. Okay. I feel like, I feel like Ramona Shelburne's a solid name. I've, I've <laughs> seen her name a lot. I think it's, I think it's pretty reliable. Um, so what did Denver do wrong, do you think? I mean, Jokic looked okay. No, Jokic yeah, was few, great. He had a few bad turnovers. I Jokic, um, Jokic was... But overall, looked pretty good. Jokic, considering this was Jokic's first uh, playoff run, I mean, this was this was incredible. I mean, the guy ended up averaging 27 points, f- almost 14 rebounds, almost 8 assists. I mean, those are astronomical numbers uh, from a big man... Right. In the playoffs. I mean, he was incredible. 46% from three. Wow. That's... 46% from three. Getting his teammates open looks. And at the end of the day, a, a big reason why people doubted this Denver team all year is that who do they have after Nikola Jokic? You had Gary Harris, Will Barton, Malik Beasley, Torrey Craig. I understand that those guys are good players. They all have a specific role on that team. But none of those guys seem to be able to hit a shot down the stretch. Right. I think the more I think about it, maybe their biggest issue is 
they simply don't have amazing shooters. They don't have great shooters, and they get. And the thing about that is, they had unbelievable looks all series. I mean, they were Denver right. off the pick and roll. Murray and, uh, and Jokic, Denver, uh, Portland had absolutely no answer until they went until they until they started playing Cantor and Collins. But yeah, I mean, they had no answer. Uh, they had no answer for them, and these guys were getting wide open threes. I mean, I thought after Game Four, I thought the series was well over. Denver was playing great, and these guys were just missing open looks right. all series long. Yeah, I, I took a look. Gary Harris, twenty two percent from the three. Will Barton, thirty four percent from three, which is respectable. Jamal but... Murray, thirty three percent from three, which is not again. Yeah, I mean thirty three. It's not. It's respectable, but... but it's not. It's not very efficient. And it's also, it's 33%, and these shots were wide open looks. Right, right. I mean, they felt, it felt like a lot worse than 33%. It felt like shots that should be made 45%. Just deflating possession after deflating possession when you can't score it. And Jokic is out there grinding 65 minutes a game, right, in the four overtime game. and, And these guys can't do anything. It feels like with all the screens he sets at the top of the key and just that he's an incredible passer, it just seems like they need someone that is a knockdown shooter. Yeah, I mean, um, look... I just don't have that. Look, and so I see people after the series, you know, congratulating Denver, you know, they're going to be here for the next 10 years, yada yada. But the thing that you got to remember is this is the NBA. Things are rapidly changing. And... You know, there's no guarantee that they're ever going to get back here. Obviously, Jokic is only 24, and he's getting better. But you look at the rest of the squad and some of the contracts that they have on the books, you need to have, you need to take advantage of your opportunities when you get that, when you get there, right? We were talking last year. Right, you need year. to take advantage when you have Jamal Murray making $3.5 million. Exactly. I mean, Jamal Murray's going to want a new extension. Are they going to lock him up next year? You have one more year of him at four and a half million, and then you're looking at 2021. And what happens when you have Jamal Murray, right. somewhat unproven, on a max on a max extension? Is it an Andrew Wiggins type of situation where he just doesn't pan out? Right, it's a big question mark. Big question mark. Gary Harris making 16, 17, 19, and 20 million dollars into 20. 2021, 2022. Right. There's no sure things in the NBA. I feel like it was just last season we were talking about uh, Boston and Philly, right? We'll talk a little about we'll talk about them a little bit later, but yeah. we were just talking about them how they're going to be in the Eastern Conference for the next ten years. It's going to be a rivalry, and it looks like we're going to blow both those teams up this off season, right? Right. So it's just you have to take advantage of your opportunities, especially with no Boogie Cousins and no Durant next season. Jokic would have had a field day in that series, and there are no guarantees. Millsap's not coming back. You don't have that much flexibility, but well, they do have a little bit because Millsap is making thirty million dollars this year. Um, so it seems like they do have some money to play with next season. So um, what do you do? With De- and it Denver? does seem like since you have one more year of Jamal Murray making four and a half million, it seems like maybe it is a good time to go after a big name free agent. I mean, that's definitely a long shot given that it's Denver, but. I mean, who's I mean, out when there? I say who's big, out there? Yeah. Okay, I I say I would say like you know a guy like maybe a guy like Clay Thompson. Like, do you go after Clay Thompson and offer him the max? What like what Paul Millsap was making to yeah. pair him up with Jokic and Murray? 
Yeah, obviously, but yeah. I just don't think that's it. That's I just a re- don't think that's realistic. That's not a realistic situation. Um, I think a great fit in that system would be a guy like Tob- Tobias Harris. We'll see what happens with Philadelphia. But this is a guy who can knock down threes, can create his own shot a little bit, is a big body, and gives them a legitimate wing scorer that they don't, that they don't currently have. Right. right. It's just Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, and then a bunch of average guys on the, on the outside. Uh, Tobias Harris, Chris Middleton, I don't think that's going to be a realistic situation. I think he's going to get a pretty big contract yeah. from, from Milwaukee. But a guy of that, of that nature would fit in great. Right. You're saying Tobias Harris's contract is not going to be as big as Clay Thompson and Chris Middleton's? No. It's going to be smaller. No, yes. no. I think he gets the max also. Oh, you think he gets the max? Yeah, I think Tobias definitely gets the max. Someone will give it to him. There's tons of teams out there with money. Tobias Harris is a a good player. He's not a great player. He's not the second best best player on a championship team. But, you know, in this system where you have such a unique talent in in Nikola Jokic, who just moves the ball tremendously, you know, can he be a 2A if Jamal Murray takes another step forward? Right. Maybe. You're saying this could be a team of, like, Jokic plus three or four, you know, fringe all-stars. Exactly. Exactly. And, and Millsap was supposed to be that guy, but Millsap, Millsap down the stretch of this series kind of got shut down by Zach Collins, and, and that age kind of, kind of kicked in. I mean, he did average almost 18 points a game in the series, eight rebounds, but in game five or six when they went— when they did started, not have a good game yesterday. Not a good game yesterday, yeah. and when they started to go to Collins and— on defense, I mean, Millsap kind of got swallowed up. Right. You know, you're not bringing him back at $30 million a year. You'd much rather bring in a guy like Tobias Harris. And does that get them over the hump? Probably not. But I don't see a lot of options here with Denver. And that's why I don't see why people are that optimistic about the future here, especially if you're going to commit to Jamal Murray and you have these other contracts on the books. Right. I think if we boiled it down to one suggestion for the Nuggets, it would be to get a you know a guy who can who doesn't need the ball in his hands a guy who obviously doesn't need a ball in his shoot. hands but who can shoot at who a better clip and also can take the ball to the hole off of these broken down plays that Nikola Jokic has will create for some of these guys on the wing I mean these guys were wide open all series right so yeah look I don't Denver's not a uh, great free agent destination by any means right it's a good system people seem to like Michael so when you Malone. have a when you have a good team like this you really need to take advantage you need to take advantage because i don't see it for them moving forward absent you know how much better can Nikola Jokic play in this series even if he's only 23 24 right what I mean, is it what I mean, is he's it? 24 he's not like a little young right, so kid anymore yeah he's not a young guy but he's also not in his prime but what is he going to come back and average 33 17 and 12 right it's just not going to happen. So, a little bit of a missed opportunity there. I think if they if they strike out on all the big free agents, which is obviously the most likely, I think they go after you know a guy like uh, Danny Green or JJ Redick to bring in a shooter. I feel like one of those guys could really could have really helped them. Danny Green is a great call. Right. Danny Green on the outside, a good defender, can yeah. kind of take that um, that Tory Craig role really did a good job on Damian Lillard, and then they switched him over to McCollum. Wasn't as good. And that would be a cheap contract, Danny Green. Yeah, pretty cheap contract. I mean, that's that's a good call. Something like that. But Danny Green, for me, doesn't do it with these guys. Right, he's not going to put you over the hump. He's not going to put you over the hump. Good signing. 
as a Denver well, fan, I'd, I'd applause that. He is not going to put you over the hump for sure, but in the off chance that, you know, Murray comes back and gets even better, so is Gary Harris. You know, you never know. You could be in territory of, like, you know, they were this quick, Game 7. To get to the conference finals, uh, yeah, you never know. But, yeah, no, very not likely for him to get them over the hump, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what, we'll see what they do this offseason. Um, they get Michael Porter Jr., who has not played a game. Yeah, I totally but, forgot about him. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Back issues are pretty scary. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Um, but missed, definitely a missed opportunity. Not as excited as most people about them moving forward. Yeah. No, another team I'm not looking forward to moving who's, forward. Who's that? Philadelphia, obviously. Yeah. Why? What's your like biggest uh, concern for them right now? Blow it up! Blow it up! Wow! Blow it up! That's blow it up! I mean, uh, what a game yesterday! Oh yeah. What a game yesterday! Unreal. Off Canada, watching that ball bounce. Bounce, crazy, bounce. crazy game winner. I think it bounced on the rim four times. At least. It felt like six. I don't know if I've ever seen a game winner like that. Um, yeah, Kawhi Leonard showed some emotion. That was pretty new. <laughs> yeah, but then he goes back into the press right, conference. Right. Like, like uh, Kawhi, can you walk us through uh, that emotion that you showed there? Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> Stoic face, nothing. The guy just loves to play. Um, anyway, yeah, we're looking at Embiid. Who's, I mean, he's on a, you know, super long-term deal right now through yeah. 2023. Yeah. And I don't know. I, th- I, I feel like watching this postseason uh, and last postseason, I mean, he's 25. Um, there seems to be some consistent, like, stamina slash health issues that are pretty concerning. Oh, yeah. for I mean, for sure. Right? I mean... So you got Embiid, you got Butler, you got Harris, you got Redick, and you got Simmons. Pretty much what they decided was they were going to go, we're going to try to assemble the best starting five we possibly could. We'll give you one basketball and see if it works, and it didn't. Right. Brett Brown is done. Uh, I don't see a way he comes back. Yeah. And you now have all these expiring contracts for Philly, and it's an interesting take. Um, yeah, no, it is. It definitely is. Um, they, they're losing a lot of players. Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler. So what do you do? What do you do? You're Philly, what do you do? What are you trying to do here? Personally, I mean, it's... You know, Joel Embiid, he's such a enigma, I feel like, because his talent is just, you know, it's obvious. I mean, he has top five player in the league, like, potential talent-wise. But he's not an enigma in the sense that you've decided. You're building around Joel Embiid. He's got the money. Right, he's got the contract. He's got the contract. Yeah. You know, whatever he gives you, he gives you. If he flames out, this is a a non-starter. This is a waste of conversation. If he flames out, they don't go anywhere. Right. You know, so you're building around Embiid, and now you have some other decisions that you have to make in the offseason. And I feel like this is a pivotal... Uh, pivotal step in the process, if you'd even want to call that anymore. Right. Because it, it you know, it's it's felt like the past couple of year or two, the past couple of years, that this is a team that's still very much growing, which they are, but if you look at Embiid, he's 
you know, he's 25. Um, Wait, think about the process for a second, right? You hit on Joe Embiid. You hit on Ben Simmons, right? Yeah. But you also had picks, number one pick, and Markel Fultz, who, I mean, that's just a crazy situation. He's got the yips. He's yeah. got the yips. He can't shoot. The yips. And you also had, you picked that number three, Jaleel Okafor, right? They've had... Who's making a comeback, but who's not, making a like, comeback, but not not really. So the process, and then Ben Simmons, as much as we wanted to anoint him the next LeBron James, yeah. has more question marks than anything moving forward. Right. This is not. So I'm sitting there yesterday. I'm watching the press conference, and some guy asked Embiid, "So, uh, Joel, uh, where are you with the process?" And Embiid looks at him and goes, "I don't give a shit about the process. Essentially, like fuck the process." Right. And. I'm sitting there, and it dawns on me that Embiid finally gets it. This is not a process. When you bring in a, a guy like Jimmy Butler and a veteran like Tobias Harris, you it's not a process anymore. Right. It's Butler's suddenly, 29, Harris is 26. They're both unrestricted free agents. They were going for it now. This, isn't, this wasn't some sort of process, and I think Embiid, once Butler gets there, he looks at, Embiid looks at Butler and goes, all right, this guy wants to win now. I want to win now. Forget the future. What am I going to sit around and wait for Ben Simmons to get a jump shot? Right. It may, may not. It may not never happen. Yeah. So Embiid's sitting there. He's like, "Fuck the process. My body is going to be out by the time Ben Simmons gets a jump shot." You know, I want to win now. And, and I think, by, and by that time, Ben Simmons is going to have max money, which is yeah. going to mean not bring not being able to bring in, you know, other big time free agents. So look. Jimmy, and Ben, I think we could all agree that Ben Simmons on max money, with this absence of a jump shot, would be an absolute disaster. Ben Simmons made the All Star game this year, but Ben Simmons in the playoffs was a train wreck, and it showed that no matter what your stats are, no matter how many All Star games you make, if you don't have a certain skill set to play in the NBA playoffs, you're not going to go anywhere. Right. You're not going to go anywhere, and so. And a guy like Jimmy Butler was kind of awesome this, this postseason. You know, in the middle of the year, we're talking about Jimmy Butler. He's not averaging as many points as he's, uh, this year. He's playing, he's playing in this system where no one knows really what the hell is going on. And people are looking at Butler. It's like, oh, is he really worth max money? And now we're looking at it. It's like, yeah, if we're going to sign one guy, I'm going to go with Butler. He's my leading scorer in the series. The average of 22 points a game, which is legit in the playoffs. The guy's a lockdown defender. Me, personally, I'm trying to sign Jimmy Butler. I let Tobias go. I let JJ go. And I try to trade Ben Simmons. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I do. I, I think I agree. I mean, in, in this series, yeah, Ben Simmons averaged 11 points a game. It's impressive. Over seven games. It's impressive how bad that is. It's absolutely abysmal. Um, um, right, he showed absolutely zero improvement jump shot wise from last season. So if which I'm was very alarming, look if I'm if I'm uh, if I'm Philly, you have to go for it now. Given the like you said, Embiid's a little bit given of an the enigma. Small uncertainty of Embiid. Yeah, you have to go for it now because Joel Embiid right now is a top ten player. Right. So when you have a top ten player on your team, you got to go for it. Um, and I don't, I don't trust Ben Simmons enough, especially on that contract that he's going to demand. 
And also, look at this team. You need depth. You yeah, need they depth. Have, they have no depth. No depth. So I would try to re-sign Jimmy Butler. I'd give him the Mac. And I'd try to trade, trade Ben Simmons and get some depth around here. And, you know, take it from there. Right. Trade Ben Simmons. Let someone else give him the Max. All right. Let's play a game. Yeah. Trying to get rid of Ben Simmons, right? Yeah. Who says no in these trades, right? Trying to evaluate what Ben Simmons is worth. Okay. Right? Ben Simmons for D'Angelo Russell. Ooh. If I'm the Nets. If you're the Nets. Are you that down on Ben Simmons at this point that D'Angelo Russell has eclipsed him? In terms of his future potential? I don't know if it's as much. I think I would say no, and I don't think it's as much as I'm as much down on Ben Simmons as I am up on D'Angelo Russell. Um, I mean, D'Angelo Russell had an incredible season. He's looking like a future bonafide all-star if he keeps progressing like this. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ben Simmons' lack of a jump shot is... I've never seen a guard. He's not a guard. I think that's the misconception. Right. Right. We tried to make this positionless basketball. He's not a guard. He can't stand on the outside. He he takes up the same space as Joel Embiid. He's a waste of space on on the perimeter. So you're not a guard. If you're going to play on the outside and you're going to be useless, you're not a guard. Well, I just feel like if you're bringing up the ball... You know, your running point, doesn't that, in effect, make you a guard? I guess. Technically. Right? No, I see what you're saying, though. I mean, if you look at, like, his, yeah, the strengths of his game and his and his body type, it doesn't scream guard. Um, so you're saying you're taking D'Angelo Russell over Ben, ben Simmons at this point? So hard veto. I think, I mean, look, I acknowledge that, it, it, that it's probably close. Okay. But I think in today's NBA, needing to have the, you know, the importance of being a threat at the top of the key mm-hmm. and needing the defender to not play, not be able to play free safety sure. um, is a huge issue, especially in the playoffs. Okay. No, like, I, I think that's it. one of the no, reasons I why I'm with you. Look, 11 why... points. They're daring him to shoot and he can't shoot. That's why I'm willing to trade a 22-year-old supposed superstar on the rise. Right. I just don't see it. All right. Next one. Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown, and the Celtics' first-round pick, which is going to be presumably top 10 from, I think, Sacramento. For Ben Simmons? For Ben Simmons. Yeah, that one, uh, that one is tough. I mean, I'm a little biased because, to be honest, I don't like Ben Simmons. Um, <laughs> but... Where are you leaning towards on that one? That's a hard no for me if I'm Philadelphia. No, yeah. Ben Simmons, I mean, I just don't see it in Terry Rozier. Jalen Brown, I'm, I'm high on. I bet I don't see the same ceiling as Ben Simmons. Yeah. Um, and those guys don't do it enough for me in the here and now that it's worth mortgaging that that type of potential. Right. I think to me, when you when you offer up that trade, I think it just, I think to me, you could you could get more somewhere else, it seems like. All right. Um, it's just not a very tempting offer. Um, okay. How about Ben Simmons for Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma? 
Yeah, I don't. I I, I don't think I would do that. I, I I'm pretty down on right. Lon- you bring Lonzo it. Ball. All right, you're down on Lonzo Ball, but you put Lonzo Ball with Joel Embiid. Lonzo Ball. The one thing that no one is going to take away from Lonzo Ball is that he's an awesome passer, and he does not need the ball in his hands, and he can run the break. Right. So even if he, Lonzo Ball is Ben Simmons light, in that they're both good passers, they can both run the break pretty well. Right. Doesn't Lonzo space the floor that much more for you, even if he averages a lot less points? Right. Can Lonzo Ball shoot? How does, Lonzo Ball can kind of a... shoot. It's not great, but it's a lot prettier than Ben Simmons. You right, can't leave right. him wide open for three. Right. Um, and then you also bring in another guy in Kyle Kuzma who can definitely shoot and can definitely light up the score sheet. Right? So then you're running Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, and you get some a little bit of depth there. Does Kyle Kuzma need to have the ball in his hands to like, be effective? I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm hesitant to put someone like that with Jimmy Butler. I mean, unless, you know, I, I guess you do need... Well, you're not relying on Jimmy Butler to go out and get you 30 points. He's not Kevin Durant. Well, he's a little, you, are, he's a, you are relying on Embiid to get you 25 to 30 points. Meaning, but Kyle Kuzma has more of a catch-and-shoot ability than, say, Jimmy Butler. He doesn't necessarily need the ball in his hands. Obviously, right. he's going he's gonna to fill up the stat sheet a little bit more if he's got the ball in his hand and he's throwing up 30 shots right. a game. But he could provide a lot of depth as a number one scoring option off the bench, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what do you think about that? Ball and Kuzma. Or Ball and Ingram, one of the two. I mean, whichever you think has more potential. That one I don't love, just because I really don't like Brandon Ingram. Um, I think he's quite overrated. Um, but, yeah, I, I would think I would think long and hard about that one. All right. I think this is the best one that I came up with yeah. in our hypothetical situation. Ben Simmons... For Drew Holiday. How old is Drew Holiday? 28. 28. Benson's is 22. You know... Drew Holiday has three years left on his if deal. I'm, if I'm signing Jimmy Butler to a max... You're signing Jimmy Butler. Then I'd do that in a second. Well, if you sign Tobias Harris instead of Jimmy Butler... The, the assumption is you're going to sign one of those guys and... Who says no in that deal? You got to assume New Orleans is dishing Anthony Davis. They're in complete rebuild mode. Why the, Why do they need a twenty six million dollar point guard for the next three years? Who's awesome? By right. Me? So I think what I'm saying is I think both teams say yes. Both teams say yes. Do you think that also? I don't see who says no. Yeah. And if we come back, right? Next because season, the Sixers are like, listen, we want to win in the next. Three years. Yeah. No, they want to win next year. Yeah. Or in the year after that. And so if you re-sign Tobias or Jimmy, you're pretty much saying we're going for it now. And Drew Holiday is beyond underrated. He's unbelievable. Yeah. So if you come back in September, if you come back in September with Drew Holiday as your point guard, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, and you use, I mean, you still ha- you'll still have, I think, some cap space to fill out the rest of the roster. Is that team not significantly better than it is now? I think it is. Um, yeah, again, I think the importance of having a, a point guard that can shoot. 
is just huge in the Yeah, playoffs. I mean, Drew Holiday's like a 32 to 36% three-point shooter. The defense is just better. You're not going to have as many transition opportunities, yeah. and that's where Ben Simmons thrives. And Drew Holiday is a great defender. Is he a great defender? I'm pretty sure he's a great defender. Yes, he's a very good defender, yeah. And the guy can pass the ball. Seven assists, around seven, eight assists a game. Plays on a bad team in New Orleans, but Drew Holiday makes his team legit. Would make them a legitimate contender in the East. And it would solve some of the issues that they're having in terms of spacing and, you know, a pecking order of who has the ball when and how everything would work. And I think you're talking about a top two team in the East next season, depending obviously on what Kawhi and Durant do. If you're able to move Simmons, bring in a guy like Drew Holiday, who's on a relatively affordable contract, and you're able to take it from there. Right. What did you say, Nick? 26? 26 for the next three years. It's not absurd. Not absurd. Yeah. And he would work fantastically with Joel Embiid. It's a lot better than Chris Paul's contract. A lot better than Chris Paul's contract. Chris Paul, quick solution for Chris Paul. Yeah. Trade Chris Paul and four first-round draft picks. Who's taking Chris Paul? If, if you attach three first-round draft picks to it. Yeah. A, a shitty team will take him. Right, if you're Houston, you got to do it. You got to get, you got to get rid of Chris Paul. Kill him. I don't know. <laughs> you maybe try to. Trade we don't him. condone violence on this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, Chris Paul. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I think we can get more in depth on that. Nick's, uh, Nick's future change tomorrow night. Yes or no? Ooh. Ooh. Big night for the Knicks. Episode three so. coming tomorrow I'm, I'm, night. I'm feeling the ping pong balls uh, real, real, uh, real well right now. Can they manipulate it? Um, or are these teams worth too much money now? Oh, there was an article I saw about a guy did a study to see if it could be manipulated. <laughs> I didn't read the article yet, but do they uh, hire PWC? And I'll and I'll bring it up on the on the episode tomorrow. Oh um, my god, that'd be hilarious. I think they did. Um, all right, well. Yeah, tomorrow will be the draft lottery. I think we're going to get back on and do an episode on that. Um, So until then.